now, time for seafood news. You're listening to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Ernaberry Seafood Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. This episode is brought to you by Ernaberry Consulting. Ernaberry Consulting provides tailored solutions to identify growth opportunities within the fast-paced protein commodity sectors. Combining the expertise of our analytical team, our warehouse of proprietary and trusted data, and our unparalleled insight into market forecasting, Ernaberry Consulting will not only pinpoint developing global trends, but assist you in knowing exactly when and how to adopt them to maximize your return. Call 732-240-5330 for more information. Thanks, Lauren. We've got lots to talk about today, so let's kick things off by talking about the Biden administration's 30 by 30 report, Conserving and Restoring America the Beautiful. At only 24 pages, the report outlines a locally-led and voluntary nationwide goal to achieve the 30% land and water conservation by 2030. It calls for a decade-long effort to support local and voluntary efforts across public, private, and tribal lands and waters in order to create jobs and strengthen the economy's foundation, tackle the climate and nature crisis, and address inequitable access to the outdoors. Got a lot going on. Yeah, so the U.S. Departments of the Interior, Agriculture, and Commerce and the White House Council on Environmental Quality wrote the report. Based on feedback gathered in the administration's first 100 days, the report identifies six priority areas for the administration's early focus, investments, and collaboration. Creating more parks and safe outdoor opportunities in nature-deprived communities, supporting tribally-led conservation and restoration priorities, expanding collaborative conservation of fish and wildlife habitats and corridors, increasing access to outdoor recreation, incentivizing and rewarding the voluntary conservation efforts of fishers, ranchers, farmers, and forest owners, and the sixth, creating jobs by investing in restoration and resilience projects and initiatives, including the Civilian Climate Corps. The administration noted is already taking steps to support outdoor recreation and equitable access to the outdoors, including several on land. And one step related to marine areas includes the expansion of the Flower Garden Bank's National Marine Sanctuary, nearly tripling the size of the sanctuary and protecting 14 reefs and banks that are habitat for recreationally important fish in the northwestern Gulf of Mexico. The final designation and paperwork is expected by January 2022, which will make it the 30th estuary reserve in the national system. And that's pretty cool. Many sport and commercial fishermen were concerned about what constitutes conservation, as noted in comments submitted to regional fishery management councils. The administration's answer is development of an atlas to reflect existing contributions. An interagency working group led by the U.S. Geological Survey, the National Resources uh, Conservation Service, and NOAA, in partnership with other land and ocean management agencies, will develop the American Conservation and Stewardship Atlas, a tool that will better reflect the voluntary contributions of farmers, ranchers, forest owners, and private landowners, the contributions of fishery management councils, and other existing conservation designations on land and waters across federal, state, local, tribal, and private lands and waters across the nation. The Etsy Processors Association and Seafood Harvesters of America call the report a compelling vision for collaborative conservation, facilitating sustainable use that produces social and economic benefits now while safeguarding biodiversity for generations to come. It is a vision that United States fishermen and seafood producers can fully support. John Connolly, who is the president of the National Fisheries Institute, also commented on the report saying that the release of recommendations to the National Climate Task Force 
illustrates an understanding that simply walling off parts of the ocean without a science-based fisheries management goal is not a sound policy. In fact, the report states that many uses of our lands and waters, including of working lands, could be consistent with the long-term health and sustainability of natural systems. Connolly continued that the report bolsters the fundamental underpinnings of the Magnuson-Stevens Act that relies on regional councils to manage fisheries sustainability oversight when it calls for support of, quote, locally-led conservation and restoration efforts of all kinds and all over America, wherever communities wish to safeguard the lands and waters they know and love. He added that locally-led science-based resource management is not a catchy slogan, but is a thorough strategy. Now, moving along, over 60 U.S. seafood industry leaders are pushing Congress to develop a National Seafood Council, which would support a nationwide seafood marketing and public education campaign. And I just want to say that I love this idea. I think NFI and Seafood Nutrition Partnership do a great job, as well as like the states and species-specific groups like ASME and the Maine Lobster Marketing Collaborative. You know, they all do a great job at spreading the word, but it's really crazy how much misinformation is out there, you know? Oh, yes. So the idea of a national seafood marketing campaign and a national seafood council was recommended by NOAA's Marine Fisheries Advisory Council in July of 2020. In a letter to the House of Representatives, they explained that a unified national seafood council would provide the scale needed to complement and amplify efforts of existing seafood marketing organizations and would focus on increasing seafood consumption as a whole and not at the species level. The letter requests an initial appropriation of $25 million to kickstart the council. A cool 25 mil? That's no big deal. No big deal. Give the people this money. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So the aim will be to shift consumer behavior and increase consumption so Americans can reach the recommended dietary guidelines of eating 26 pounds per capita or the recommendation of two servings per week. Among the signees of the bill include Joe Bundren of Trident Seafoods Corporation, Jan Tharp of the Bumblebee Seafood Company, and Kurt Hogan of Gorton's Inc., among other leaders in the domestic seafood industry. And in other government news, this one is for you, Gap. The USDA said acceptances will be announced by midnight May 26, 2021, and deliveries are to be made between July 1, 2021 through February 28, 2022. The department is seeking products, including Pollock sticks, nuggets, and frozen fillets. According to Gap CEO Craig Morris, this is the third largest bid invitation for Alaska Pollock products. Let's give some finger snaps for nice. Alaska Pollock. Yeah. Woo-hoo. <laughs> now for some bad news for those of you. <laughs> so, What's the opposite of finger snaps? <laughs> yeah, thumbs down. We got to get a sound bite for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, the U.S. has banned wild shrimp imports from Mexico because its sea turtle protection program is no longer comparable to that of the U.S. So the notice was published in the Federal Register late last month and in a press release issued in response by Mexico's Secretary of Agriculture and Rural Development. The agency confirmed that in previous months, most of the shrimp that was exported to the U.S. was harvested with a trawl net. Um, Canapesca, as well as other authorities in Mexico, will be carrying out preventative and corrective actions in order to recover this certification as soon as possible. Some actions include training courses and follow-up to infraction qualification procedures, as well as aggressive inspection and surveillance. NOAA and the United States Department of State will have to carry out a verification visit at the start of the season before reissuing certification. The president of the National Confederation of Fisheries Cooperatives said that the loss of the certification could result in more than $600 million in losses for the fishing sector. 
Now, a follow-up was issued by Conopesca, revealing that an agreement was reached to allow exports of riverbank shrimp to continue since production does not involve deep sea trawl that uses sea turtle excluder devices. So besides aquaculture, they also have that. But the origin must be identified if they want to continue exporting. In other shrimp news, the March shrimp import totals were released last week and, as expected, blew past last year's figures given the initial shutdowns that occurred in March 2020. At a little more than 138 million pounds, this was a 21% increase from 114.11 million pounds in the same month a year ago. Year-to-date figures are now nearly 10% above the first quarter of 2020. India continued to lag, but was the only major trade partner that showed any meaningful decline. Despite the lower figures, down 1.3%, the country remained our largest trade partner. However, the gap shrunk significantly as India only made up 31.4% of total imports, well below traditional numbers that sometimes move close to half of the shrimp uh, of all shrimp imported in most months. Indonesia was up 31.7%, Ecuador up 67.1%, Vietnam up 44.7%, and Thailand up 4.9%, and they rounded out the top five, and all showed solid growth. And finally, imports of frozen tilapia fillets fell from the previous month, as seasonally expected, due to the interruptions from the Chinese New Year holiday. They were down by 47%. March 2021 recorded 10.6 million pounds of volume with an approximate value of $19.1 million. Despite recording higher volume than the same month a year ago when the pandemic was just shutting down the U.S., prior to that, 2021 was the lowest March on record since 2008. On a year-to-date basis, 2021 has imported 54.7 million pounds of product compared to 57 million pounds for the same time frame in 2020, a 4% drop year over year. When looking at total imports for fresh fillets, frozen whole fish, frozen fillets, and fresh whole fish, import volume again decreased 33.5% from the previous month, totaling 22.1 million pounds while recording an almost flat year-to-date comparison to last year with total volume across all categories at 94.9 million pounds compared to 96 million pounds in 2020. Fresh fillets is the only category to see an increase in products from the previous month, bringing in just under 5 million pounds, as well as an increase in year-to-date volume compared to 2020, boasting 10.6% higher than the same time frame last year. Thanks, Lauren. And that does it for us. Once again, this episode is brought to you by Earnberry Consulting, Call 732-240-5330 for more information. Thanks for listening.